Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Well, man, it's good to see you this morning. You know how anointed the preacher is by how big his sweat rag is. And so, um, so y'all, might, y'all might be in trouble today. This is my sweat rag today. Uh, have you noticed that uh, this is true for all of us, that uh, if we're not careful, uh, we become wrapped up with money. I'm not talking about you got so much you're, you're consumed by it. I'm just talking about it, the fact that it seems to always be on your mind. It doesn't matter whether you're spending it, earning it, investing it, exchanging it. The truth is for all of us that we think about money. In fact, uh, a recent survey says this. One out of four Americans think about money more than they think about anything else. And I was like, well, like more than they think about Snickers? No, more than they think about anything else. And then it lists what they think about. Uh, they think about work, they think about family, and they think about sex. And it says that one out of four Americans think more about money than any of the rest of that stuff. That should not surprise us. You know why? Because uh, one of the great social commentators of our generation told us that that was true. His name is Snoop Dogg. And he said, money on my mind, and my mind is on my money. Some of y'all don't know. I'm about to get some swag on. I see some of y'all heathens up in here know who I'm talking about. Some, I, got, I got my mind on my money and my money on my mind. Don't, don't do the rest. Just that part, all right? We, so, so we know, so we know. But not only does it invade our minds... It invades our prayers. Uh, there's this preacher one day went to the church all by himself. He's in, in the sanctuary praying. And he asked God this question. He says, God, how, how long is a million years to you? And God said, one second. I actually asked for 10 million. 10 million years is one second. So he leaves the sanctuary. He goes home. Next day he comes back and he begins to pray. And he says, God, I got another question. How much is 10 million dollars? to you. And he hears God speak back. He says, it's just one penny. He goes, wow. And so he goes home. Next day, he comes back, prays again. He says, hey, God, I'm going to need to ask you a question this this morning. Uh, I need one of those pennies. (laughs) And he hears God say back to him, well, then just wait one second. Some of you will get that tomorrow. Okay, so, so, so it invades our, it invades our, our heart, our, our mind. It invades our our, our prayer life, um, but the issue that most of us face is that not only does it invade our minds and our prayers, here's the big issue, it invades our hearts. Um, and you might think that's not a big deal, but that's what makes uh, money funny in, in that uh, it, in, it gets a hold of our heart. That's why Paul addresses this to his spiritual son, Timothy. I want you to listen very carefully. I'm going to read it out of a little bit different version because some of you know this passage too well. In fact, if I asked you to quote it, you could quote it right now. The, the root of all evil is the love of money. You know that part of it. But listen to it like this. Out of 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning in verse 6, says, Do you want to be truly rich? Anybody? Okay. Oh, come on now. I'm going to have to get... Come on. You got your money? Okay. okay. How many of you want to be truly rich? So y'all, I should have just put that one phrase up there and got rid of the rest because you know I'm asking you a loaded question. So then he tells us how. He says, You already are. If you're happy 
and good. Don't we get the equation all wrong? We want to get all wrapped up in money. And, and, and he says, you're already rich if you're happy and good. After all, we didn't bring any money with us when we came into the world. And we can't carry away a single penny when we die. So we should be well satisfied without money if you have enough food and clothing. But people who long to be rich soon, to be, soon begin to do all kinds of wrong things to get money. Things that hurt them and make them evil-minded and finally send them to hell itself. Here it is. For the love of money is the first step towards all kinds of sin. Some people have even turned away from God because of their love for it. And as a result, they have pierced themselves with many sorrows. Here, here's what I want you to hear this, mo this morning. Money is funny because as we handle it, it handles us. I've noticed, uh, and Paul would uh, agree with me, I, I've noticed that, that as we exchange money, as we spend money, as we give, you, you literally give your life away for paychecks, that as we do that, if we're not careful and we don't stay on guard, that money stains us. It marks us. It causes us to do, some of us, it will even cause us to do things that we don't want to do. All because as we touch it, it seems to touch us. And because of that, I think that if we're not careful, what we do is we make a conclusion. We conclude that, uh, it, that, that money is dirty. One of the, the funny things about money is this, is that, that uh, money is not dirty. Can we, okay, we're going we're to be in this for three weeks, so we've got we to set this as the foundation. For, this, is, this is bedrock for us. We've got to understand that, that even though uh, our series is called Money Laundering, How to Make Money Clean, and we want to find ways to wash our money and, and make it clean and make sure that we get off the stain, all the stains off of it, the truth is, is that money is not dirty. How we view it can become dirty. I, 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 want to show, I, want to, I want to show you. I want you to see that Paul's statement to Timothy makes it very clear that money only becomes dirty when we come to the place that we love money. We misquote that scripture all the time. We say money's the root of all evil. No, it's not. The love of money is the root of all evil. In fact, uh, he makes a very straight, strong statement about that love. When we begin to love money, the, the, the issue is this. Our money becomes dirty if we love it because then we begin to do things we wouldn't normally do. But the truth this morning is this, is that money is absolutely neutral. It's neither clean nor dirty. It's just neutral. So, so what determines whether it's clean or dirty is how we view it and how we use it. So let me just show you as an illustration. Let's say I have uh, $20 in my pocket and I, and I walk out of here today how I view that $20 in my pocket or how I use that $20 in my pocket can determine whether it's clean or dirty. For instance, I can take that $20, I can walk out of here and I can go buy illegal drugs and it becomes dirty. I can take the same $20 and I can go feed somebody that's homeless, that's hungry, and they're starving to death, and all of a sudden the same $20, just because of the way I viewed it and used it, becomes clean. I can use the same $20 and walk out of here and walk into some convenience store somewhere and buy $20 worth of porn or I could take the same $20 and I can give it to send somebody on a medical missions trip and the only thing that has changed is the way I view that money and use that money and that determines whether it's clean or dirty. So we determine 
whether it's clean or dirty. And when we give our hearts to money, it becomes tainted. Peter make, or Paul makes it very clear that if you're not diligent, then you can begin to love money and that you begin to have an affection for money and that you be, even begin to lust after money to the point that it becomes consuming. That's what makes money funny. Money becomes funny because money will persistently seek to capture a bigger and a bigger and a bigger portion of your heart and your life. Am I right? Okay, some of y'all know what I'm saying, right? So, so this is what I want you to do. We're going to do an exercise. I want you to get a pen. In, in each row behind you, there's a pen, or in front of you, there's a pen. Grab a pen. Grab, uh, boy, I wouldn't normally do this because it costs us money, but I'm going to do it anyway. There's, there's offering envelopes. Don't use them all because you're going to need one later, all right? But, but, but at least, like, share one. Tear it up. Pass it. Just get each person next to you a little piece of paper. They just need a little piece of paper. Uh, by the way, whatever you write down on this is what your offering will be. Never mind. That's not true. I'm just lying. I'm, I'm just playing with you. All right. So you got a piece of paper. Got a pen. You might have share. Tear it. Don't use them all because I want you to be able to give your offering later. All right. So, so you got a piece of paper. This is what I want you to do right now. I want you to write down how much money you think you need to be satisfied. <laughs> Whoo. Oh, some of y'all don't even want to participate. All right, go ahead. How much? Come on now. Nobody's going to see this piece of paper except God. No, I'm playing. Just you. You're the only one. You're going to shield it from God. God doesn't even know, all right? You, we, we, put a, we put a shield up at the ceiling so he, he couldn't even see him today. All right, so you're going to write down. How much money do you think you need to be satisfied? Come on, write it down. I know you got a number because some of y'all, some of y'all are... are so. Uh, it don't matter because some of y'all, it's the same amount every month. Uh, the same for some people yearly would be your monthly. So it doesn't matter. Whatever. How much do you need? Let's do it yearly. How much money do you need in one year to be satisfied? Come on, think about it. I, I need, I need, I need like, uh, uh, Darren says he's writing down for a lifetime. All right. Write down for, I don't care. This is, nobody sees this but you. All right. How much do you need to be satisfied? All right. You got it? All right, don't hold it up because God can't see it. I put the shield up. I'm going to take the shield off here in a second. Can I just tell you that the truth is, is that you could have that much money and still never be satisfied. Okay, because this is what we've discovered. Money doesn't have the ability to be enough. We talk about this all the time. You even hear it out in society. There's a, a vacuum inside of you. There's a hole inside of you. And, and I got news for you. That hole is not money shaped. It's God shaped. And so the money, the, the amount of money, the dream, I, I got to have $17 million over my lifetime. I need $17 million a month. I need whatever it is you put down. The truth is, is that you could obtain that and still never be satisfied because money always comes up short. And this is what it does. It always leaves you needing more. Uh, so then as you need more, it captures your heart. It captures your life. It captures your thoughts. And Jesus addresses this. He tells this story in the New Testament. I'm not going to read it to you. I'm just going to read one little portion to you. But you can turn there and read about it later on your own. It, you can go read it about, about it in Luke chapter 12. Jesus addresses this. I want you to notice what he does. Jesus tells us a story. Notice this. About a rich man. I did not say that he's telling the story about a poor man. Jesus says this guy is rich. Then Jesus says, notice now, uh, let's back up. He's rich, right? He's got ample supply. He's never going to lack for anything. He's never going to want for anything. His barns are already full of harvest. 
And Jesus says in this story that all of a sudden the man has an abundant harvest on top of that. He's got more than enough. He's got ample supply. And he says he's got, he'll never have to worry again in his life. And yet now another harvest comes on top of that. And it says that the, this rich man in his mind says this. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go help the poor. I'm going to go help the homeless. I'm going to go help the hungry. No, it says instead what he decides to do is I'm going to go build bigger barns. And I'm going to stockpile. And I'll never have to worry. I can relax. I don't have to worry about my income anymore. Right? And Jesus makes this statement. He says he's a fool. Why? Because he put his trust in what he had. Okay, so, so I need you to understand that his fortune captured his heart. And his fortune captures his dependence on God. So Jesus says he's a fool. In fact, I want you to listen to exactly what Jesus says. Jesus makes the statement in Luke chapter 12 verse 15. He says, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. And then he goes on and he says this. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid little flock for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions. Give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fall. Where no thief comes near. No moth destroys for where your treasure is. Your heart is also. It, money tries to make a heart grab. See, uh, Jesus is simply saying this. He says, money is funny because enough is never enough. Uh, there's, a, there's a contemporary illustration. If I say the last name, you'll know who I'm talking about. The last name is Rockefeller. He, he uh, the Rockefeller Center in New York, I mean, this, this you know why they named the building? I don't know, he's a billionaire. Uh, years and years ago, he's a billionaire. He's got more than, what we would say, more than enough. In fact, he could write on the paper whatever he wanted to write, and he would have it. And one day they asked him, uh, Mr. Rockefeller, how much more money do you need? And his response was this, just one dollar more. Why? Because money is never enough. Money seems to satisfy, but it won't. Money seems trustworthy, but it's not. The love of money and the dependence on money can overtake us. And when it does, this is what we do. We misplace our trust. And this is what happens. Our cash becomes our king. And our dollar becomes our deity. And if we're not careful, our money becomes an idol in our life because an idol is anything that comes between us and God and we begin to worship it and spend our life on it and it becomes our king and we misplace our heart and our trust. And Jesus teaches us that we have to be careful because if we're not careful, we will begin to mistake our provision for our provider. And I need you to hear me this morning. Is Jesus was never anti-money. Never. What he was is he was antitrust in money. He knew where we needed to put our trust. He knew that money was a counterfeit. It's funny. It, it makes promises that it cannot provide. It, 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 it makes these... Uh, uh, the, the money says it'll bring you peace. Anybody ever had enough in your bank account that you could pay your house payment, your car payment, put gas in your car, eat every meal... But still have no peace? 
Can't sleep at night. Why? Because money's funny. It's a counterfeit. It's a cheap substitute. Uh, so so uh, this is not scripture, but I think it's important. I think it's uh, interesting. There's an old Chinese proverb that says this. It says, with money you can buy a house, but you can't buy a home. <laughs> with money you can buy a clock, but newsflash, you can't buy time. Uh, money, you can buy a bed, but you, can, you, can, you can't buy sleep. Uh, you, can, you can buy a book, but you can't buy knowledge. With money, you can buy a doctor, but you can't buy good health. You, with money, you can buy a position, but you can't buy respect. And with money, you can buy blood, but you cannot buy life. The heart of the matter is this, that Paul told us that we need to avoid loving money. And Jesus says this to us. He says, you must guard against making life about things because they both knew that money is really about trust. It's about trust. In fact, can I just admit to you this morning that regardless of whether we live in America or live in China or Japan or Russia, it doesn't really matter where you live. The truth of the matter is, is that the only reason that money works anyway is because of trust. I trust that when I pull $5 out of my pocket and lay it down on the counter that they're going to accept it and that they see worth in that piece of paper with ink on it and that they will exchange with me the goods that I want. It's simply trust. In fact, I want to say this to you and this may be a, a newsflash to some of you, but did you know that money in, an, in essence is a belief system? We believe that it will work. It's trust. So our own, the, the only way that we determine whether our money is clean is not by doing anything in particular other than this. We keep our money clean by not putting our trust in it. We maintain our trust level in the place that our trust should be placed in. And there's only one that our trust should be placed in and his name is Jesus. He is our provider. In fact, I find it interesting that throughout Scripture uh, that we are, we are uh, implored, the Scripture just implores over and over and over again for us to place our trust in the right place. I want to read four passages of Scripture to you, and it may seem like, well, why are you reading all this Scripture? Because I need us to remember why, why, and I want you to see, uh, maybe we need a shift this morning. We need to shift our, our, our trust back to where it belongs. Are you with me? Second, Second Corinthians chapter 9. Beginning in verse 8 says this. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. I should stop right there. Let it flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving. All because God loves hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything. He did not say that money would cause that to happen. It says God will give you more than enough of everything. Say, I'm going to say that again. He says, God will give you more than enough of everything. He, listen to this, He will make you overflow. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. Just as scriptures say about the one who trusts, where, here it is, who trusts in him. I don't trust in my 401k. I don't trust in my insurance policy. I don't, I don't trust in my bank account. My trust belongs in one place only. We even put it on our currency as if we need to be reminded, and we do. We put our trust in him. He says, 
if we put our trust in him because he has sown extravagantly and given to the poor his kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten the generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer which becomes bread for our meals is even more extravagant towards you first he supplies every need plus more then who? he multiplies the seed as you sow it so that the harvest of your generosity will grow he's telling us to put our trust back where it belongs he says it again in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 trust first fidelity bank that's what Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says trust the government no he says this trust the Lord trust the Lord with all your heart and don't depend on your understanding then in Proverbs chapter 8 verse 17 through 21 I love all who love me those who search will surely find me I have riches and honor as well as enduring wealth and justice my gifts are better than gold even the purest gold my wages are better than sterling silver I walk in righteousness in path of justice listen to this those who love me inherit wealth you say well Steve you didn't see my bank account you haven't seen my checkbook doesn't matter Let's go back to what we read first. We're rich if we're happy and we're good. Those who love me inherit wealth. I will fill their treasuries. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 says this. My God, not my bank account, not my accountant. My God will supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So my question, I've got a simple question for you this morning. A simple challenge. Do you love money more than you love God? Do you trust riches more than you trust God? Notice I didn't say, do you like money? Because come on, let's be honest. How many of you in this room would be honest? And I'll be the first one to raise my hand. How many of you like money? Okay, I've, I've had it both ways. I've had money. And I haven't had money. Can I tell you, having money is better. So I didn't ask you if you like money. I didn't even ask you if you need money. Because the truth is, is in our system, we need money. It's the belief system of our society. We need money. That's not the question. The question is this. Have you come to this place where you love money? Where you're wrapped up in money? where it consumes your every thought, where it becomes the goal of your life. If I can just get this much money, I will be satisfied. The question is not whether you like or need. The question is, have you come to this place in your own life where you've moved over into the dangerous zone where you love money? Because the next question coming out of that is this, is if the answer is yes, then can I challenge you with one more question? Do you love that more than you love God? Because... If you've come to that place, Paul says that you've elevated money to a place of worship. And whatever you worship becomes your God. And so I just want to encourage you this morning that what we need to do in this room, before we can, we're in this for three weeks, before we can talk about first fruits, before we can talk about generosity, before we can talk about giving, before we can talk about offerings, before we can talk about tithe, before we can talk about any of that stuff, we must first establish this one fact. I don't love money. 
I will not let money dethrone God and become the God of my life. I instead will place God where he belongs. He's on the throne of my life. I will put my trust in him. Trust in him. Trust belongs to him. And so this morning, I just want to challenge you to examine your own heart and your own life. As we pray this morning, I want you to pray and ask, God, where does money rank compared to you? And if the answer is that money ranks higher, then we've got issues and we need to fix it. We can repent of that this morning and replace and move our trust back to him. Father, this morning, my prayer is simply this, that as we embark over the next couple of weeks talking about the thing, one of the things that is dearest to us, which is this belief system that we are involved in in this society, which is money, currency. I pray that in this moment right now, before we ever address anything else about money and how it impacts our life, I pray that you would help each and every one of us be honest enough. I'm asking each of us, Father, help us to be honest enough to answer this question. Do we love money? And I pray this morning what you would do, Father, is that you would help us to be so transparent and honest with ourselves that if money comes anywhere close to our trust in you, if our money has overwhelmed our mind, if our, our money has overwhelmed our heart, if, if this morning we've begun to, we, we can honestly say our trust now is the stockpile I have. It's, my, it's the, the balance in my bank account. It's what I've got put back for retirement. If, if we've if we come to that place where our trust is in those things, then this morning I pray what you would do is you would allow us to remember that our trust belongs to you. I pray this morning that as we get ready to walk out of this place together, I pray that individually we would come back to this place where I can say, where we can say, our trust is in the Lord. We put our trust in you whether we're whether we're rich by society standards or poor by society standards doesn't really matter we put our trust in you jesus we put our trust in you that all we in fact father we come to this place this morning we make this proclamation only you are more than enough only you will satisfy only you will keep us content I pray this morning that you help us to keep our mind on you and that we keep our heart on you. And I pray that as money comes through our hands and resources come through our hands, we would remember that you and you alone are worthy of our trust. Father, if there's one in this house that did not raise their hand earlier, that hasn't put their trust in you, I pray this morning that before they leave, they would put all their trust in you. I pray that we would relinquish control of our own life because we recognize this morning that you're trustworthy to give us everything we need in abundance. And so I pray that you would move on our behalf today. We place our trust in you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, touch your neighbor this morning. Say, hey, money's kind of funny. Come on, tell them money's kind of funny. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.